Side Hustle Show 266, the simplest side hustle ever, how to earn 30 to $50 an hour picking up trash. What's up, what's up, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because sometimes the simplest solution is the best. It's an Occam's Razor episode for you today. You're gonna love this conversation with Brian Winch who started what he calls America's simplest business, picking up litter in parking lots as a side hustle in 1981 and has since grown it into a $650,000 a year operation today. He equates it to getting paid for taking a walk, but of course, there's a little more to it than that, and that's what we dive into in this episode. Stick around to hear how Brian landed his first clients and how you can find the decision makers near you, how he priced his service, and ultimately, how he built his team to do the actual litter pickup for him. Brian says this is still a super low startup cost side hustle that almost anyone can do and earn $30 to $50 an hour consistently from it. It's freelancing brick and mortar style. You can learn more about Brian and his business over at cleanlots.com, and I've compiled the notes and links from this episode, along with a free PDF highlight reel summary with all of Brian's top tips from our call at sidehustlenation.com slash Brian, and that's Brian with an I. Now, this is a business that doesn't require a ton of equipment, but one tool you might want to have in your toolbox, whether you're cleaning up parking lots or selling any type of service, is FreshBooks. It's the affordable cloud accounting system that's recommended by 97% of small business owners, and it's built specifically with side hustlers and freelancers in mind. I'd like to thank FreshBooks for sponsoring today's show and helping 10 million entrepreneurs, myself included, get paid and helping keep the books in order come tax time. As a Side Hustle Show listener, you can claim a 30-day completely free trial at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial today. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Brian after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. I was working as a shipper receiver for a large sporting goods company. And I decided I liked my job, but I couldn't see myself doing this for the rest of my life. I wanted more from my job, and I actually wanted to look forward to going to work. And I realized that that wasn't going to happen unless I was working for myself. And so I started looking at a number of different options. I didn't have much of an education. I barely graduated high school. I had a very tiny savings account, so I didn't have a lot of capital to invest in a traditional business or a franchise. So I started looking at my options and I thought it seems that the easiest business to start, especially based from home at the time, this is before the internet and everything else, all the online businesses. So so I was looking for a business that I could operate from my home and I thought that the best option would be a service business. Then I remembered that my father used to moonlight or way back before people even coined the term, he had a side gig or a side hustle. That's right. It was moonlighting generations ago. And I realized that this would be a a great opportunity to see if I could make a full-time living doing it. And basically what he was doing, he was supplementing the family income by going out into the neighborhood. They're a couple blocks away from the house we lived in. There was a strip plaza and he developed a contact with the owner of the property or property manager of the property. And he was given the contract to show up in the early morning hours to clean up the litter from the entire exterior site, which comprised the sidewalk, the parking lot, and the surrounding landscape. So he had taken us, when I say us, I mean myself and my couple brothers. <laughs> okay. He had taken us along with him a couple times to help him out. Yeah, it's free labor, right? Well, I remember how easy it was to do. It was just simply walking around the property and sweeping up litter into kind of like a lobby pan or a litter pan. There's no bending over, picking up, handling anything with your hands. 
nothing really dirty or difficult or heavy work involved. And I thought, well, you know, it's like making money for going for a walk. And I decided, well, you know, let's give this a shot. I had contacted a few prospects, one of which in my early phone calls just happened to be a property management company. And I'd asked them if they were interested in having anyone clean up their properties. And it was good fortune on my part, I guess, uh, timing as well. He indicated that he was having a tough time finding somebody reliable that would show up and clean up the litter from his properties. Okay. Okay. He said, here's three properties. Here's three addresses. Go out and take a look and get back to me. And so I gave him some prices and you know, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but I wanted the business. So I thought I provided some fair prices. Did it turn out you like severely underbid yourself or you're like, oh, this is actually an okay wage or how did you come up with those prices? That's a good question. I, I thought I would charge for the time it would take to clean the property. So basically being somewhat familiar with how my dad serviced the property, I basically went out, took a look at the three and walked the sites and then calculated the time it would take me or I thought would take me to clean the property each day throughout the month. So, okay. And then just uh, charge what I thought was a fair hourly rate or wage. Okay. And I guess my pricing was, was great because he accepted it. And then I went into it and I had to find the best tools, which tools work best, which tools work better. And turned out my pricing was pretty much bang on as I used the same formula on subsequent bids with other prospects, with other customers. And it just kind of grew from there. And what was the rate you were targeting? Back then, I really can't remember what I started out charging. That was back in 1981. But typically now, I find that I can charge anywhere and make anywhere from $30 to $50 an hour from cleaning up litter, basically by going for a walk. That's not a bad gig. So... This is 1981. You, you luck of the draw. One of the first cold calls that you make is a property management company, and they say, "Yeah, sign us up or go, oh, give give us a bid." And you're like, "Okay, here's my price." And they say, "All right, deal." And within a couple months, you're no longer doing the retail business or doing the shipping receiving job anymore. Well, that's right. When I started this out, it, like I say, it was a side gig or a side hustle, and I was fortunate that my full time day job, my working hours were from 2 p.m. in the afternoon till 10 p.m. So that enabled me to, after work, go out and clean my properties. And then I had the morning hours to market my service, to market my business. So I was able to do that for a few months. And it was just, I don't know, three, four, five months after I started this, my cleaning business, that I was starting to make more money just working part-time cleaning up parking lots. Then I was working full-time. I decided, well, if I, if I give up my full-time job, I've got that much more time to devote to my to my business, whether it be marketing or, or actually doing the cleaning. And so that's how it all started. And I started it out as a simple one-man operation. And through the years, my brothers became involved in the business and we started getting other people do the work for us. We basically recruited an army of people to do cleanup work for us. So we've got people that work for us part-time just doing weekend cleanup work or some people throughout the week. So it's enabled us to grow the business to the point where you had indicated we're doing over $650,000 a year. And that's been pretty consistent over the last number of years. Yeah, there's some unique advantages to this in that it, it almost has to be done as a side or it has to be done kind of off hours. Like you got to do it when the cars aren't there. And so that's either early morning or, or late in the night. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, 
I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. ANDS.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. Maybe let's go back and talk about growing this business from the outreach to other shopping areas. Say I'm driving around my town and I am going out to eat or I'm going shopping and I think to myself, hey, there's a drink container lying on the ground or there's like somebody's lunchbox or whatever. And I say, hey, why isn't somebody cleaning? Was that the signal of opportunity for you? Or was it just like, hey, I'm going to cold call every store owner? Or how do, you, how do you find the decision makers here? Well, actually, I call it warm calling where you contact property management, real estate management companies in your area, your community. And there's a couple of things you need to determine or find out. Number one, do they manage commercial properties? Or do they manage residential properties? Because not all real estate or property management companies manage one or the other. So if they indicate that they manage commercial properties, then you need to give them your elevator pitch, if you will, who you are and how you're going to save the money and give them a cleaner property and ask them who is the decision maker, who decides the litter pick contracts. Okay. That's the terminology. Who's the litter pick guy? Yeah. The thing about this business is we're not electricians. We're not landscapers. There's not a term or terminology that (laughs) is consistent amongst the the general public. Okay. Okay. So, you know, we could be parking lot litter cleanup. We could be litter control. We could be litter pick. Some people say you don't even use the word litter. To them, it's trash. Okay. To other people, it's litter. So you have to, in some cases, define what litter or trash is. Like you indicated, paper cups, drink cups, fast food wrappers, items like that. Yeah. Okay. Is this just like as simple as a Google search, property management company, your town, a yellow page search back in the day? Pretty much. Yeah. Back in the day, it was the old thick yellow page directory. And you just thumbed the pages until you got to real estate or property management companies. That's everybody was listed there. And that's how you basically find out your prospect list. Is it something that you quote on a a monthly annual basis, but then it's like an every day, like every night you got to go out there? Well, yeah, the key to our service is we don't go out and clean up an accumulation of litter or trash material. We keep properties litter-free. That's the whole point of our services. And our customers, not just our customers, but the tenants, the businesses in these properties expect a litter-free property. We're almost like an exterior janitorial service. So it's no different if, you, if they've got an office space or a store space, just as they expect their janitors to maintain the interior premises, they expect somebody to maintain the exterior premises. And that, that's not them, although they eventually do end up paying for it in common operating expenses, the maintenance budget. But it's typically the, the property management company that is responsible for maintaining the physical property and the exterior 
of the building as well, whether it be landscaping or snow removal or litter pick is, is one of those services. Okay. Yeah. So you're, it's the same company that's hiring the landscapers and the, and the snow removal people. And sometimes they'll probably ask the, well, Hey, you're out there trimming the bushes. Would you mind pick up the cigarette butts too? And they're like, well, no, that's not what we do. I, I don't know. Is that a source of leads as well? Well, you know, that's a good point because our service isn't widely known, if you will. It's a niche service, and I believe we do it better than anybody else because we use the proper tools, and we do it during the appropriate time of day, which is after hours. You can't clean a property when the stores are open and there's vehicles parked in it. And in some cases, that is what's being done because property managers are trying to get the landscapers to do the litter pick because they don't know of a service such as mine, or maybe a service such as mine doesn't exist in in other cities. So they're either using a landscape contractor or perhaps even a janitorial contractor. When I say landscape janitorial, these are typically the larger contractors that try to do or be everything for everyone. And like a jack of all trades, master of none. So a lot of times the results aren't there. So if you approach these property management companies and and let them know about your service and this is what we can do for you, they're very willing to try you out. And like I say, the same thing can happen to somebody else that would happen to me in 1981 is you contact up a prospect and you introduce yourself and, and then they say, well, you know what? We've got somebody doing that right now, but we're not happy with the results. And yeah, here's the address or here's the address for two or three properties and give me some prices. Yeah. Sometimes it's about being the squeaky wheel, being in the right place at the right time. But it's interesting to hear that it's more these you know, property management companies are kind of overseeing the whole development or perhaps several developments rather than rolling up to the flagship tenant, the grocery store in the little strip mall or something like that. It's like, they're not likely to be in charge of it. It sounds like it's more at a higher level. But I'm curious, is there, have you found like a sweet spot? Like if, if it's the giant shopping center with the Walmart or, you know, something like that, like, is that too big that they already have somebody in place? I don't know. Is that a prime candidate? Well, we do all sorts of properties. Over the years we have, and we still do, some of the town centers the larger developments oftentimes are called town centers or where you've got the big box stores all in a row and it comprises a development and you know it's a, it's fairly sizable and typically those contracts go 6 or 7 days a week for for litter pick because they're really concerned that you know the the traffic volumes are so high the people that visit those stores, they tend to generate a a lot of litter or trash. And so there's the need to clean them more often. But most of our properties, and there are far more of the small to medium-sized commercial properties all over the city, of any one city, where there's typically maybe five, six, seven stores. You might have the takeout pizza, a dry cleaner, maybe a little liquor store. There's tons of those all over the place. And the same thing with smaller to medium-sized office buildings, rather than thinking of the downtown core where you've got the high-rises, skyscrapers, a lot of those tend to be done in-house. They've got day porters, et cetera, but the smaller properties where maybe they're too small to warrant having someone on site, those types of properties will contract out the litter pick just as they will the janitorial and the landscaping and everything else. Okay, okay. Any crazy stories come to mind from like working these weird hours or these late night, early mornings, safety concerns or crazy stuff you've seen happening or crazy stuff you found? We find all sorts of crazy stuff. People, <laughs> it's amazing how careless people are with their valuables, whether it be money or cell phones or wallets or purses. 
And we find stuff all the time and we do our best to return them. Money, obviously, you, you find money in the parking lot. You know, you're not going to advertise that you found it and the person, please come forward, we'll, we'll hand it over to you. So I'm always amazed at how sometimes I can find a few $20 bills and then another 10 And, and I always kind of look over my shoulder, look around to see if, if someone is playing some sort of trick, some sort of social experiment <laughs> to see, you know, my reaction. And, and it's just that someone has put some money in their pocket and then they pull their keys out to their car and, you know, of course, out come the bills onto the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen often, but I can tell you a couple of stories where one time, oh, about 20 years ago, I was cleaning up around a waste bin. I just emptied my tool, the contents of the tool into the on-site waste dumpster on site at the property. And I, I looked down and I saw some scrunched up paper. And this was way back when there was $2 bills. And I just grabbed it and put it in my pocket and was there for a few hours. And then later on, I thought, you know, I feel like getting something to drink. And I, I pulled into some 24-7 convenience store. And, and inside that crumpled $2 bill was a $100 bill. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and I have no idea why someone would do that. But their misfortune became my good fortune. Well, that'll bump up your hourly rate in a hurry. That's right. And it's surprising how... Often those little things happen, you know, you're out cleaning and then all of a sudden you find $20 bill or something that, or sometimes I'm working and I'm wearing my work clothing, but some people look down at what I'm doing or they seem to think that I feel sorry for this guy having to do this type of work and, you know, he can't be making much money. And so some of the late night pizza places that are about ready to call it a night, they're ready to close down. Of course, they've got, sometimes they've made a few extra pizzas and they don't want to throw them out or sometimes they do, but if the delivery driver doesn't get to take them home, sometimes the operator looks at me and I happen to be standing there right in front before, the, you know, right as they're closing down. And he'll come out and say, okay. hey, buddy, you want this pizza? <laughs> and I'll, t I'll take it. I'll take it home and then I'll eat that for my late night snack before I go to bed. <laughs> okay. So some side benefits there. How about on the negative side, like anything on the safety related side, like any you know, you're hiring any female workers to do this. I'm trying to think of like who this might not be a great fit for. It sounds, it sounds relatively straightforward. It is. And you know, I, I've been doing this since 1981 and I've never felt that my safety is, was at risk. I've never had any incidents where anyone has, has come up to me. I'll be honest with you. You have to be aware of your surroundings. In a couple of occasions, someone has approached me and asked me for some money and I just tell them I don't carry any money. I could be robbed. Because I think what they're really looking for me to do is, is say, sure, and then pull my wallet out. And once my wallet's out, then they'd, they'd rob me, maybe. You know, they'd grab my wallet. So I'm, yeah. I'm not stupid. I just say I don't carry any money. And they just turn around and, and walk off. You're not necessarily, you don't have to take properties in parts of town that you feel are, are not safe. Sure, sure. Any city would, in, let's say in the downtown core where maybe there's more of a homeless population, you don't want to be there certain hours, but there is a window of opportunity for this service where you can clean the properties pretty much right up to before they open for the day. So for a lot of reasons, you know, people that are looking for a side gig or a side hustle or whatever you want to call it, they can do these properties just before they go to work in the morning. And you don't have to feel threatened your safety because typically in the larger cities, especially the morning rush hour starts 5am, people are going to work at 5am, 6am. And from my experience, a lot of the homeless people, 
out on the streets in those areas, they make themselves scarce after those hours. They're, you know, so they're not basically going to be hassling you if, if you happen to be cleaning buildings in those parts of town. So, But most of my properties that we clean, they're located all over the city. So you're out in these residential communities cleaning this property and then, you know, two minutes down the road, there's another one and et cetera, et cetera. Maybe then you hit the town center, which is one of your bigger developments. And then you, you hit another area where there's a small to medium sized office building. So there's not a lot of people hanging out that time of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You can kind of negate a lot of that by picking and choosing the neighborhoods that you want to work. And you answered the other question I had was like, well, what do you do with the trash? You just put it on the on-site dumpster, garbage bin, it sounds like. I mean, it's like a freelancing business. It's just like an in-person freelancing business. And so it kind of runs into some of the similar hurdles that other freelancing businesses have, which is like, well, at the end of the day, I'm still trading hours for dollars. But it sounds like you've been able to scale that in a pretty impressive way. So I'm curious what that process has been like, where it's like, okay, now I got to train somebody to do this. I got to find somebody reliable to take on this route or these properties for me. What's that been like over the years? Well, it, it's been pretty good. Our experience has been some of our friends or even my previous coworkers have discovered what we're doing and they thought it was pretty cool. And then they start asking, well, you know, what can I do to get in on this? And But they ask that because they want to make the money. They want to do the work, but they don't want to run the business. They don't want to be responsible for going out and getting the contracts. They just, you know, Brian, just send me some work and <laughs> and I'd be happy to do this. And, you know, I've got some hours, I'm free on weekends, or this would fit in perfectly. I'm looking for an hour or two or whatever the case is before I, I go to work in the morning. And that arrangement has worked out very well for us. And in some cases, we've been using the same people for 20 years. So that has worked much better than, let's say, going out and, and hiring employees. And because these people, they love the work, they love the money, and we, we pay a good wage. So we don't have to worry about them looking for something or a better opportunity to where they can make more money. And they get the benefits of being self-employed too, because they sure, are sure. working for us as subcontractors. All right. I'm looking to you. You can start like the Uber of parking lot cleanup. And now you've got this app and people could just say, well, I'm nearby. I'm in this neighborhood. It's going to be, it's going to be big, man. I'm telling you. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and 
you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. I'm curious have people become more litter conscious? It seems, I don't know, at least it seems that it has been over the last, you know, over my lifetime, but have you seen that people are littering less? Like, are you worried that eventually this is not going to be a need anymore? Frankly, no, because from my experience, I mean, the evidence- (laughs) Sadly, no. (laughs) The evidence that I see, it's just not there. I know what you're saying. Everyone's talking about the environment and we clean up for it. But you know, I don't know if you're a certain age, I'm 57, soon to be 58. I I remember growing up in the 70s where we had just a few TV channels and we'd watch cartoons Saturday mornings and we got the old public service announcements don't be a litter bug, put litter in its place. And then of course there was the the Native American who was on horseback coming through the woods and looking down upon a filthy litter filled city and a little tear coming down his cheek. I don't know if you remember that, but those were all public service announcements. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people, mainly kids don't get to see anymore. And I see it all the time, whether it be smokers, you know, they're standing right next to ashtrays and and they may as well be invisible the the ashtrays that is and they just throw the butts down as they please i think they think they're just going to disappear vanish into thin air and same thing with litter oftentimes i see people maybe they've gone through a a drive-through and and they they're sitting in the parking lot and when they think they're finished the car doors open and out go the the bags and the wrappers out onto the parking lot they seem to have the attitude somebody else is going to clean up i don't have to do it there's always going to be a need. People litter, and there always is going to have to be somebody that's willing to clean up after someone else. And for those of us that do, you can make good money doing so. Yeah, frustrating, but job security on the <laughs> other hand. And you know what? There's no great technological advance out there either that makes the service any better, any cleaner, because my experience has been in what sets our particular service apart from the competition, which may be the sweeping or the vacuum truck services is we can walk a property on foot and cover it more efficiently than any type of power equipment possibly can. And when when I say walk the property, I mean, that's the sidewalks, the parking lot, the surrounding landscape. And with this simple hand tool that I I discovered 30 some years ago, it just makes the litter cleanup almost as easily as just going for a walk. Yeah, I think I saw that video of you. It must have been on your website, cleanlots.com. You're just, hey, walking along, sweeping stuff into the little scooper bag thing and going about off to the next cigarette butt or whatever else it is. So not rocket science, but you're out getting some fresh air, you're cleaning up, doing some good for the environment and for these businesses. So pretty cool business and an interesting way to kind of scale it up. I'm curious, like, are you going, are you trying to go like nationwide, international? Like, are you, are you trying to actively get more accounts, more clients at this point? Or is it just, hey, I'm, I'm happy with where we're at? It's a contract business. So like any side hustle, you're always having to hustle for 
for business. You need to keep your customers, your existing clients happy. We're to the point now where a lot of our business comes in from referrals. Okay. We've got a website. We're always looking to pick up some new contracts and it works best locally because most property management companies tend to be the mom and pop operations that operate in one city. You can go through any kind of listing of management companies, and I would say 85, 90% of them are based in that particular city. There's very few of the international or the national companies, such as the Colliers International or CB Richard Ellis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, they, of course, tend to operate mainly in the larger cities. So if you're, you happen to be in a small to medium sized city, they're not going to be there. So you're dealing with these little operations just as much as they're kind of dealing with you. So the way I'm kind of growing this, I mean, it works. The business has been so good to me these years. I've written a book called Clean Lots. That's right. This is the new side hustle. Yeah, yeah, that's the new side hustle. And and I'm sharing my experience with other people that want to duplicate my success in their own community. And, you know, I'm not getting rich from it, but... <laughs> I feel, you know, it's anything that can kind of help supplement my retirement, which hopefully is maybe seven, eight years from now, helps me out, but I'm happy to help other people. And I go as far as offering free support to anyone who purchases my book. It is a simple business, but I do recognize that some people might need some clarification. They've got a question or two, and I'm happy to, to help them out. And it's worked out very well so far. Well, there you have it, Brian. Thank you so much for joining me. Very interesting opportunity and really cool to see what you've done with it. And I like the angle of, hey, this is my side hustle turned main thing. And now I'm going to do side hustle. You can find that over at cleanlots.com. Brian, let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for side hustle nation. Well, I would say find something that you would enjoy doing. Maybe it's from an existing skill set, or perhaps it's just something that you want to get out of an office environment and do something outdoors. But once you've found that, you need to be persistent. You need to work it. You're going to have a few hiccups. You're going to have a few problems, but you need to have the attitude that I can find a solution. So I, I have a saying with this particular opportunity, if you work the business, the business will work for you. And that's what you need to keep in mind. I like that. If you work the business, the business will work for you. Brian, thank you so much for joining me. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, Nick. Well, tax time is upon us, my friends. You know, the time of year when the snow is falling, New Year's resolutions are still optimistically intact, and more than a few listeners of the show are digging their way out from a pile of receipts and spreadsheets. So if you find yourself in that boat and you're getting buried in paperwork, I want to invite you to go and check out the FreshBooks.com cloud accounting software. Not only is it going to save you a ton of time and stress, it might actually change the way you feel about dealing with your taxes. For example, if you need to send your accountant a quick summary of the amount of tax you've collected over the course of the year or a quick profit and loss summary statement, FreshBooks can generate these types of reports in seconds instead of the hours it might take you to do them manually. You can even set FreshBooks up to import expenses directly from your bank accounts which means next time you use your debit card for that meal, you're taking a client out, that piece of software or a new computer, boom, that purchase is instantly recorded inside FreshBooks. It's made for entrepreneurs, freelancers, and side hustlers like us, especially those among us who don't like dealing with numbers and taxes. And right now, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to Side Hustle Show listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the Side Hustle Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, that's freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial today. All right, my top takeaways from this call with Brian, number one, this is the hustler's path. It's freelancing on the side to freelancing full-time to building an agency of sorts where you delegate the actual deliverables of the, of the work. 
to building a product. I didn't recognize it at first, but Brian's business has followed the familiar pattern we've seen from several side hustle show guests. It kind of opened my eyes that freelancing comes in many flavors, and maybe there's some offline opportunity that's worth taking a look at. In that sense, I guess you could say the painting business that I had in college was really my first freelancing experience. I didn't think of it at the time, but that's totally what it was. So that's takeaway number one. This is the hustler's path. Takeaway number two is there are two parts to this. The first is sales and the second is execution. And like most hustles, you've got to sell it before you can execute on it. And that's where these conversations with property managers come into play and, you know, scouting out your local area for potential clients, potential parking lots. And then the execution part comes in where you've got to consistently deliver what you promised. If you can master those two parts for for this business or for any service business, I think you've got a great little operation going. And takeaway number three is the growth comes from systemizing. There's a limit to how many parking lots you can realistically cover on your own, but when you create a system for hiring and contracting with other people to do the work, now you've got a business that's time leveraged where you're no longer trading hours for dollars. And that's where things get exciting and actually seems pretty attainable, especially in something like this where there's really no special skills required. Definitely an interesting one and really cool to see where Brian has taken this side hustle turned multi-six-figure trash removal empire. Be sure to hit up sidehustlenation.com slash Brian. Again, it's Brian with an I to download the free PDF highlight reel from this conversation with all his top tips. And you can learn more about his biz at cleanlots.com. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to The Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.